Good to be with you, everybody, and this is the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. A tough overtime loss to the Saints, 26-23. We'll break it down and look ahead to Sunday's Week 9 kickoff in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans. This is the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and consultants. Bill Lazer, the Bears offensive coordinator, will join us at 7.30. Good evening, Matt. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing okay. What are you left feeling about this loss and how it all transpired yesterday? Yeah, well, just like we would say on a win, it's always great to coach off of a win. It, it always stinks coaching off of a loss, and you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, um, you know, all three phases, we could have played better in different areas. Um, you look at the, the positives, and I feel like offensively, which has been the struggle for a lot of this year, that we uh, at times did play better. You could see flashes of what we know we can be. Situationally, on fourth down towards the end of the game, we converted some fourth downs. And, and then, um, you know, the big third down to give Kyra that chance to, to get a 51-yard field goal at the end of the game, that was some of the good. Uh, some of the bad was the fact of just not being able to finish. And that's kind of the message to our team this week and, and then rally and stick together and fight through this. Yeah, a, a lot of self-inflicted wounds really all season long that really have hampered the progress, I would say, offensively. Uh, some mistakes in those create difficulties for everybody across the board. Yeah, the, the mistakes, um, you know, the teams that, that don't have as many mistakes usually wind up having staying ahead of the chains, not putting themselves in – in holes and, and being third and long, second and long. And uh, you saw there were some instances yesterday where that was the case. And so uh, one of the biggest things that we need to do is understand that we need to be a team of discipline. And we t- we've already talked about that this morning um, of where we're at and where it needs to go moving forward if we want to be successful. And that's something you really haven't experienced uh, with so many different situations like this with penalties and – false starts and, and those types of things that uh, will hamper progress. Uh, so it's new to you a, a little bit. How do you, how do you f- process that as the head coach? Well, one of the things you do is you talk about being mentally tough. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're mentally tough, those things don't happen. And, again, there's a fine line when you're a head coach and when you're a coach in general when you start talking about players and where they're at and, you know, the effort of guys. That, that's the one thing with our guys. It, none of that is from effort. Our guys care immensely. And so we just got to lock in a little bit better. We got to hone in on the details a little bit more. Um, whatever we're doing now, we, we've gone through eight games and we're sitting at five and three. The luxury for us is that we, fa- we started fast. Uh, now the next challenge for us is how are we going to finish? Uh, we want to focus on this coming week. And we want to be able to put ourselves in a situation where we regain that momentum. You know, a lot of this is based, you know, so I did an interview with somebody today and they talked about the game was really four games in one. And, and it made sense to me a little bit. And that goes back to sequencing. So as you try and play complementary football, as you know, that, that involves sequencing to help get everything going in the right direction. So how do you solve the sequencing aspect of more consistency? Yeah, I think it's like what you're saying is like complementary football. Um, it, it's like when you're in a... Uh, you know, a golf scramble and you got somebody that can drive well and somebody that can putt well. I mean, that's kind of how it is. And when you, when you have your offense, when they're uh, getting a turnover, right. Or uh, they get a turnover inside the red zone is the offense turning that into a touchdown or are they missing the putt and kicking a field goal, you know, um, is, is the offense um, being able to get in rhythm and, get tr- tr- you know, get some first downs and give a, uh, rest to the defense so that when they come out they're really coming off the ball and it's complimentary football and the more complimentary football you have uh the more success you'll have because good things will go your way all right so if i had you in my scramble are you teeing off or are you uh is your short game or are you putting for me i'm I'm, i am not putting i can tell you that right now (laughs) 
I'm not doing any of the three for you, so don't invite me. Um, yeah. What What is the, you know, the, the good news is, and there always is some silver lining you must take into the next meeting, the next practice, the next game, and that is there was some breaking open of the run game against a very good historically run defense. It is now 49 games deep and not allowing a 100 year Yard back that goes back to the 1970 Cowboys, believe it or not. So you you did get close to that, and David Montgomery did in particular. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the positives that we took out of this was that yeah, you know, I thought even taking out that 38 yard run by David, uh, in general, you felt more five yard pops. You know, it didn't feel like it was just one yard or uh, you know uh, two yards. There were some good runs in there, and I compliment Juan and his O-linemen for fighting through that and getting that done. Um, we, we do believe that we can be even better. It's going to help our, our pass game out. we got to shore up some things um, on, on the front in regards to letting some guys get through every now and then uh, on that offensive line, and our guys know that. But once we get that shored up, I think we can start really putting things together and just continue to believe and stay positive. The other silver lining to me is you do dig holes. As a team, you dig some holes, but you dig out of those holes and, and you make it interesting. Uh, so can you build on that? We can. And when you look at this thing, it's like, okay, you're down 10 points um, with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And as long as you put a good drive together, you have a chance. And again, that's what we did. We put together, we strung together a nice drive from about the 25-yard line. We went the whole way down the field and on third and goal from the from the three or four we scored a touchdown and we, we capped it off. And now you at least give yourselves a chance with three timeouts and then two minute warning to get the ball back and to go down and at worst kick a field goal. And that's what we ended up doing. We gave ourselves a chance to go to overtime against a pretty good football team with a pretty good quarterback. And so now we got to finish. And again, we got to that point. Our defense did their job. They gave, they gave the ball back to the offense. They held them with not scoring. The offense now has to go ahead, go down there, take the ball down and score in overtime. We didn't do it. So we've now checked that box off of being in overtime. We know how that feels. We know what it, what it's like. So now we can hopefully use that for us down the road. How'd the conversation go with Javon Wims? Well, you know, it's uh, Javon, as he should, uh, feels really bad about what happened. He knows he's a bigger and better person than what his action showed yesterday. But it uh, – you know, it was a, a discussion that he he was very apologetic and understands, um, you know, that he shouldn't have done that and, and knows that, you know, there'll be certain consequences moving forward, whether it's through the league and or us. All right, you decided to go with a different uh, punt returner. How'd that work out with Dwayne Harris? Yeah, I thought Dwayne did a really good job. I'll tell you what, there was a few there just being down on the sideline where I thought he was just going to let it go. And then at the last second, he goes and gets it. And you can tell one thing's for sure. This guy's been doing it for a while because he has uh, he is completely fearless. He does not care about his body. He's going to catch the football and he's going to, um, you know, he's going to save a lot of uh, uh, field position. Foles looking to throw in plenty of time. Launching deep down the middle of the field for Mooney. He's got it inside the Saints 25. There you go, Foles. To Mooney, the rookie, in the big play. Make sure to gear up for the Chicago Bears regular season with jerseys, caps, and other must-haves from the official Chicago Bears Pro Shop. Shop now at store. We've been waiting for chicagobears.com. Back at the Bears Coaches Show with Coach Nagy, brought to you by Whitfleet CPAs and Consultants. I'm Jeff Joniak, a shining star brewing for Darnell Mooney, a fifth-round pick who never felt like one and is not playing like one, one of the top young receivers in the league so far through the first half of the season and building momentum, a 50-yard pass play and a touchdown where he said... 
He knew he was going to catch the pass. It was just a matter of patience for it to get there. I mean, I, I'm not calling this kid cocky. I'm calling it professional confidence. How you like that? Yeah, no, I, I, I really like that a lot. I think when that ball left and was in the air, you could see that he had some leverage on the corner, and they took that safety and they cut the crossing route by A-Rob, which uh, Nick made a, a really, really, really strong throw. Uh, hitting him in stride, and then you know he made a contested catch. So we need to get more of those. It stretches the defense vertically. It opens up. It helps open up the run game when you do that, and you don't just throw balls at ten yards. And uh, you know we try on one later in the game and just missed it uh, a little bit inside. But no, we really like where Mooney's at. And getting Anthony Miller, which, which is somebody that you know I have talked about a lot with you, and and hoping that he would have a breakout moment. Is this maybe? similar to a first step to what happened in the final five games of last season when he got chances and he made it happen. He had five for 73 and that 15-yard reception to set up the Santos game-tying field goal was big. Yeah, I hope so. I was really proud of Anthony yesterday. He, he played a really strong game. He did a lot of things the right way. Um, he's, he's, he's our energy, you know, in that offense. He's a guy that just plays really hard every single play. It's never because of lack of effort with him. He, you know, he wants the ball every play. Uh, and so I'm, I'm proud of him from yesterday, and we want to just keep growing. All right, so you can talk about Allen Robinson all day long and some of his uh, good catches in the end zone over the course of his stay here with you, but that diving catch, but the route on Marshawn Lattimore, equally impressive, as was the throw. Uh, break all that down for us and what you thought of that touchdown. Sure. Yeah, it was a, a corner route, and they played man, and so uh, Lattimore had outside leverage, and A-Rob, who's really difficult to press, got off, got a good free release, got vertical, and then went ahead and gave him a little shimmy at the top, and, and which creates the angle for the quarterback to know where to throw it. So when you pause that film and you see when Nick let that thing go, um, A-Rob was nowhere close to where he ended up being. And so that's an anticipatory throw that Nick had. Uh, he trusted A-Rob to get, to get to that spot. I think that's a growth between those two guys that we can use going forward here. And then the effort of A-Rob to dive out, lay out, literally be parallel to the to the ground, have strong enough hands to make the catch, finish the catch. That was a huge uh, series for us. Is one of the connection points with Nick and his receivers, tight ends, running backs, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's an area thrower. Get there. Do they still have to learn that about him? Sure. And and that's where when you throw it to an area, you want to make sure that that area is the same area that your wideouts are thinking. And that's part of the process of them understanding how the system works, the timing of where the ball is supposed to be and where the route is supposed to be matching that up and making sure it fits. They're working through that. I do think there's a lot of progressions, routes and concepts that we're running where you're starting to see that trust element really go a lot higher. And when that part gets really good, then it just only helps improve our offense be a lot better. Is your desire as an offensive play caller head coach to have an area passer? Number one, it helps out your O-line because the ball's out. You're not holding on to the ball until he's open. Uh, And then number two, it's hard on the defense. So, I mean, you look at some of these guys across the league that have been doing it for years and years, and the one guy from playing against them for a lot of years was Phillip Rivers. You know, Phillip Rivers throws the spots, and it's hard. And not everyone's going to be perfect, but when – when you, when you do make that throw like Nick did for that touchdown, it's almost undefendable. Is there any way to help, from a quarterback's perspective, Jimmy Graham, as tall as he is, it's amazing he hasn't been hurt more in his career because they were chopping him low. And can you throw the ball to him to help protect himself? Because, I mean, he easily could have suffered injuries on three catches yesterday. 
Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, he's been dealing with that his whole career because his height has always been that six, seven, six, eight type guy, basketball player that can, you know, or football player that can be really good at basketball, I should say. And, um, but again, him and Nick are really finding their mesh. And there's a couple throws here or there that Nick probably wants back. There's a couple routes here or there that Jimmy would want back to run a little different. But yeah, you're right. There was a couple that went low on him. And, and fortunately enough, he came out healthy. Overall, uh, do we have any insight on the offensive line injuries uh, with Bobby Massey in particular? Yeah, nothing yet, Jeff. I mean, uh, Andre's still going. He has a lot of stuff he's going through right now. And, you know, this early the day after, we don't have any updates for you yet, but we certainly will here, you know, as the days go by. Handing off Montgomery. Get the first down and more. Hits the gas of the 40 to the 30 of the Saints. Inside the 20 and buckled down near the 15 to the 14-yard line. A third and one run. And David Montgomery. Rips off a beauty. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at Whipley.com. We just heard the David Montgomery 38-yard run, which we referenced, uh, Matt, in the previous segment. That was on a third and one. That's an example of what third and manageable can do for you. No, that was a big play. I was really happy to see um, David get one of those type of runs. You know, I think it's good for his confidence, the O-line, on just a simple dive play being able to wash him down. Um, you know, you had uh, Cordero Patterson uh, going around on a toss, and you could get – all you needed was those linebackers to just move a little bit to their left, our right, and then David can do the rest, and that's what he did. Let's talk defense. Uh, Roquan Smith all over the place. 11 tackles, the rain showing up, still reading it, coming downhill with purpose. Uh, tough assignment at Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook at times. And the play of Danny Trevath in that one play – was significant and really showed that it looks like he's got his burst back. Now, it might have been his best defensive play of the year. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. I, I, I think personally that, um, and from talking to our coaches as well on the defensive side of the ball, that combined between Roquan and Danny, this was their combined best game of the season. Um, they really played well. I mean, Ro- Roquan's been playing really fast with a lot of confidence. He did that yesterday. And then there are some times where Danny was left in space to, to tackle a wide receiver or back and he made that tackle. And when you have that, along with the other strengths that he has as a linebacker, you combine him with Dan, with uh, Roquan in there, uh, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Cairo Santos says it may have been, and uh, he can't think of any more challenging windy day. There have been colder days, but not a windier day. And uh, that's got to give you and him a great deal of confidence moving forward because he is on a roll. He's 14 of 16 and 10 in a row. And when we're talking 50-plus yarders in that kind of condition, uh, you can kick anywhere then. I'll tell you what, it's it's um, it's um a shame that we lost that game because with everything that we've been through here the last couple of years with, with the kicking situation, I'm super proud of the way that Cairo has handled everything. Um, the, the kicks that he's made, he's shown up. Uh, to be able to kick a 51-yarder in the wind that was in there yesterday, to have a call, to have a timeout called after you made it, and to come back and hit another one. Uh, if that doesn't get your confidence going as a team, as a player, as a coach, as a city, uh, I'm just proud of him, and, and we're gonna we're gonna need him moving forward and be able to rely on. Him. It's a weird year with the trading deadline coming up and what the ramifications are in terms of the cap for next year. There's already a bunch of deals uh, going on earlier today. Is there anything you need? You're not going to tell me specifically what it is, but you do collaborate with your general manager, Ryan Pace. You guys talk. Is there anything you'd like to have, uh, if, if at all possible? 
Yeah, I would just say that, that you know, for me, um, I have ultimate trust in Ryan and, and, and his guys. They're, they look through everything. They look at every position, regardless of a team in need or, or a better player. If it makes sense, that, that can make us better as we speak right now, but also makes sense financially um, and with the draft capital that you have. We're, we're always looking at everything. So we'll, we'll probably get together a little bit here after, after – uh, uh, you know, the, the day keeps going and then um, reconvene on all that stuff. I got to talk to you about the third quarter, just season long. How penetratingly challenging is that at this point? Because it's eight games and seven points. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, it's very challenging. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, you got to be able to score coming out of half. It's a momentum type deal as well. It's field position. Um, and we are looking into all of that. We've been looking into it. It's just really strange right now, um, but it's the first half of the season, so our goal right now is to say, okay, let's go back and look at what the teams that are doing really well in the third quarter, what are they doing, and uh, is there something that we're missing schematically? Is there something we're missing? You know, as simple as this, Jeff, it could be are we coming out of the locker room too late, for instance. Like those are the little things. It could be just be a couple minutes to where your mind's right and you're set and all that stuff. So we've done that. We've already fixed that and thought of that. But those are examples, and we, we certainly need to be better. And not just on offense, but on defense as well. we got to be better in that area. Do you script or have you ever scripted a second-half start? Yeah, we do. And, and again, the other part of this, too, is sometimes we'll, we'll put together a first half and a second half, um, and then we'll also – get together and talk through some of the unscattered looks that we're seeing in the first half. And then we work off of that. Now they, they do the same thing on defense. And, and then there's some stuff that we did in the game in the first half that you really liked that maybe you didn't think you did uh, or vice versa. But really when it comes down to it, when you look at the teams that are having success, they're staying away from negative plays. They're staying away from penalties. If you do that, you'll have a good chance to score. Lastly, word on the Titans. I think they take the, the, the uh, mentality of their head coach and Coach Rabel. You know, he they have an identity that they're going to uh, beat you with the ground and pound. And then, but then, don't trust me. They're really good at play action passes too. I mean, I think Tannehill's doing a great job at being able to work off of um, off of that run game, and they get you going, get you going, get you going, stopping a run, stopping a run, stopping a run, and all of a sudden, over the top comes a play action. All right, Matt. Thank you very much. Good luck with your prep this week. Thanks, Jeff. See you. Calling all Bears fans age 5 to 12 to join the Chicago Bears Kids Club. Brought to you by Jewel Osco. For exclusive content and sweepstakes, visit chicagobears.com slash kidsclub. We continue with the Bears Coaches Show. Welcome now by Bears Offensive Coordinator Bill Lazor. We're brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Good evening. How you doing? Doing just great. How about you? No complaints. No complaints. Uh, yesterday, obviously, uh, there's a lot of good things to focus on that I, I'd like to, to start with. To me, there's building blocks offensively that, that – really should give the players and yourself as coaches confidence that, hey, okay, we're doing something here that we haven't been doing. Let's continue in the right direction. For you, what would those be? Oh, I, I thought I thought um, we, we gained some confidence. Um, and we, you know, confidence is a really an interesting thing in, in sports, right? Certainly in pro football, you think, hey, these guys are, are the best of the best. They probably were dominant players in, in high school. They were dominant players in college. Like that's that's what lets them get to this level. 
uh, they, they, these guys should, should have great confidence, but, but it's a long season and you go through, uh, highs and lows, right? The best teams kind of stay steady and just keep improving. But the reality is everyone goes through certain highs and lows. And, and when, when you're feeling that low, uh, it, it's, it's impossible in my opinion to talk someone into being confident, right? They have to earn it. And I just felt like on the sideline, uh, we we got that look back in our eye a little bit, you know, and, and you saw it at the end of the game, at the end of regulation. We had to come back and uh, get get a couple drives together to, to score, to to send it to overtime. I kind of saw that again in the guys' eyes. So I feel, you know, it, it's a little bit of a uh, a hard thing to measure, right? Doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but I saw it in their eyes. So I, I felt good about that. Obviously, everyone feels good that the the run game production uh, increased. I mean, over, overall, our, our numbers increased. I mean, we just we just have to understand in the year twenty twenty in the NFL, there, there's a certain amount of points you're going to have to score to win. It's easier when you score them early, right? Let our, our def- you know play the, the team game and let your defense feed off of it. And but if whether you have to do it early or do it late, we we just have to get to that right number of points uh we we don't always make the perfect decisions but we sure spend a whole lot of time trying to get guys in the right spots but um yeah it's it's a long season and uh we're just we're just hungry you know we put a lot of work in the players put a lot of work and we're we're hungry to get to get back in the in the right side of the win-loss column also i think there was a shot of you with the offense all gathered around you on the sidelines is that what you're referring to when you got the look in the eye because that's the best way to gauge uh, no, actually, we, when they have that look in their eye, I don't have to do anything <laughs> at all. When they have that look in their eye, that's the easy time. Uh, the, you know that w- that was after after a crazy you know a, a crazy penalty and a turnover. And I think as a staff, we just felt like let's make sure nothing spirals out of control. But I, I can tell you, as we we got together, and it wasn't for very long, just to make sure we were poised as a group that everyone could had their head. Uh, in the right spot, I walked away from it saying, no, they're good. Really, they they, they, they were fine. But, you know, we, uh, as coaches, you, when, you, when you see that that kind of thing happen, you just want to make sure it doesn't it doesn't start spiraling. But I, I think we have a high-character group, and we've got some veteran guys, and they're, they're not going to let things get out of control like that. So it, it was unfortunate we had that, you know, that, that uh, section of a couple plays and everything that happened. But I, I think it was right after that we gathered up and – no problem, Coach. We're good, and they yeah. they were good. You know, in that in the Javon Wims uh, action, uh, that could that could go one of two ways too. And just as viewing it from even my position as play by play with with Tom as color, you're like, oh no, don't do that because it just kind of felt like it was starting to come apart of the seams. Do you feel that as well as coaches, where you have to interject? Well, we did at that yeah. point. We did interject. You know, gather them up to interject, but as we gathered together. There was no panic for them. They they also saw what happened. They probably felt the same the same thing that you and I felt, which was, hey, don't let this don't let this thing go right now, guys. Uh, but we we had enough guys that were that were of the same mindset as us as, as we can't let this go. So uh, we, we I think we walked away from that meet, meeting. Hey, let's get back to business. Pulls goes into the gun, back to his right. Three receivers to the left side. Snap back. Big strong push again by Jordan, throwing out route near side. Anthony Miller, did he get his feet down at the 32 three yard line of the Saints? And he did. Anthony Miller on a very tight area code to throw it. 
and Foles connects. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Big play there by the Bears, uh, making sure you get out of bounds. But Anthony Miller involved in the offense. You weren't here last year, but the final five games, he really poured it on. Could this be a starting point for Anthony Miller to, to start becoming more of a factor? Well, I have high high expectations for Anthony. I, I thought, you know, it was one of those games where you just had a feeling that that he was going to show up. And I, it's it's hard to explain why. Some of it is the matchup. Some of it, I, I thought he had a, a good week of practice, and so it, it just ended up being one of those games where where he was getting open in the slot. There were some times where the way the play worked out, the ball went elsewhere. But man, he might have run a great route, you know. And so you see that from the sideline and looking at the pictures, how open he got early in the game. And you just—it was just one of those days you felt like like it was going to come back to him. And, and obviously, uh, a real, real big play there at the end. A new number of big plays, but the, the last one to get us a field goal range, real big. Uh, I have been asked more about Darnell Mooney than any Bear in the last two years. There's this, really? there's this unbelievable attraction to a fifth-round pick, probably. That's probably why, because people look at fifth-round, sixth-round picks, say, oh, it would be nice if he'd been a nice player, but he's making plays, big plays as a rookie, and it's that quiet confidence and what I call professional confidence, not cockiness, that seems to be carrying the day for him. What are you learning about him that maybe people shouldn't be surprised at? The thing you saw right away was – uh, seriousness about football, uh, real aptitude mentally for learning, uh, and then you know, a great mixture on the when he gets on the grass, a great mixture of both speed and quickness and, and the ability to put put them together. Which you know, it's 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 not everybody has that, right? Um, and then I think here now as we go, you just you just you remember the very first game of the season, he caught the ball kind of down on one knee or went down to one knee. And immediately popped up and ran right. So with with no preseason, where oftentimes those guys from college, usually in, a, in that first preseason game, someone on your team is going to get the ball, fall down or slip, and, and 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 think he's in college and just think he's down already, right? And then that teaches everyone, oh no no no, this is the NFL. You have to get up and run. He had none of that preseason, and it didn't matter. For the very first pass he caught on one, he popped up, boom, turn and ran. So. He, he has a great awareness about him, really mature beyond his, his NFL age. Uh, so it, I only I only expect it to get better. Let's talk Nick Foles. Uh, I know Matt today in his news conference with the media and his Zoom meeting earlier in the day, you know, they're, they're trying to pepper him with questions about what they believe they see, but it's different from what coaches see or what they need to see or what is designed to see that maybe the average person doesn't see. So from that point of view, Matt says, hey, we trust what we see. And how would you amplify that thought regarding Nick in terms of the sacks and some of the throws he makes? I thought you were going to tell me what, what they saw. <laughs> that would prepare me for my press conference. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you no. know, I think that, listen, I think the reaction of the sacks is a guy not as mobile as other quarterbacks, or in the case here of Mitch, but you know, could he could he have avoided some of those by just getting rid of the football? And Matt pointed to it, maybe one of the five, but not all of the five. Oh, I, I think you know we we talk about about pass protection has taken all eleven. You know, you try to put some some responsibility on the receivers to run the routes quickly because of the pressure he's under, and uh, and um, 
there's definitely shared responsibility between the quarterback and the blocker. So, I mean, if you really went through with and sat with Nick with a fine tooth comb, I'm sure he'd, he'd probably take more responsibility than he should for it, you know, because he's that kind of guy. He's a team guy. Uh, so there's always shared responsibility. And at the same time, uh, you know, Nick, Nick's one of those guys who kind of, I mean, he's a big man, right? He's not easy to take down. So he also kind of feels like he can make a play and you don't want to take all that away from him either. So he is a, he, he has a real uh, ability to slide in the pocket and move and just find that spot. If he can find a soft spot and still make the throw down the field. So every play that isn't right out on time, a quarterback then has to get into the situation of, okay, is this one where I stay alive for a little bit and I can make a big play for us? Or is this one where I throw it away and live the next play? And there's no one uh, formula for that because every play, every pass rush, every route is different. And so, you know, that's what, that's why these guys are, are NFL quarterbacks. They, they, they figure that thing out as they go. We try to help them and direct them. But once the bullets start flying, they, they've got a lot of decisions to make about that stuff out there. And, uh, I have great confidence in Nick in his ability to, to help the protection with the throwaways. And so he, he, he will, I mean, he's just like all of us. He's, he's trying to do the right thing to get the job done. And sometimes it's throw away and sometimes it's keep it alive and make a play. All right. How about talk about third quarter? Have you ever in your career seen one quarter be so difficult uh, for a football team in seven points? And it's almost unbelievable. Matt's never felt anything like this before. And it's, it's a really a head scratcher. How, how do you look at it? Seven points in eight games. I, I really felt like it was one of those things where once we finally scored, yeah, that whole yeah. thing would go, you know, because there, there's no, um, Certainly, we we have the best and brightest minds working on. Is there a is there a concrete reason? You know, so far the best and brightest haven't been able to find one for us. But uh, I, I just I just think um, when you when you're in a rut, like we've certainly been offensively. When you look at the numbers, then there are a lot of those a lot of those uh, a lot of those little things here and there start creeping up and becoming big deals they get glossed over a little bit more when you're winning and you're putting up yards and points. So let's just, let's just uh, make them, make them, uh, you know, uh, obsolete facts by, by scoring and winning. And then, and then we'll just let it take care of itself. Starting in Nashville on Sunday. How about it against the Tennessee Titans? Uh, Give us a quick sneak peek of what you uh, know about this Mike Vrabel coach defense. Oh, I I mean, I think everyone took a lot of, uh, uh, notice of them last year as a team. I think you know. I think they're they're uh, a well coached team, and and I think they they play really hard. Um, you know, I, I think uh, they're one of those places that now it, from afar it looks like as a as a as a organization they're they're starting to expect to win. You know, and um, they've earned that. And so I think that that shows up in their play when you when you watch the sacks that they've made. It's, it's a lot of high effort sacks where guys are kind of pushing through double teams and 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 outworking the offense. When you when you watch the interceptions that they're that they've made so far this year, I mean, if, if the ball gets tipped up into the air, they intercept it. It's amazing how many tip balls right now they've intercepted. And generally, what that's talking about is it, it's usually that happens on a defense who uh, plays smart, plays with their eyes, 
in the right spot so that so that defenders are, are when the ball's in the air, they're all looking at the quarterback, at the ball, at the receiver, they're seeing it also when that ball's tipped, man, they're ready to react and go get it. So, you know, I, I just think I think they're they're a defense that uh, is gonna be a real challenge for us, you know, uh, tough and physical in the front and, and smart with a, a number of interceptions. So I think it's gonna be a dogfight. Yeah, they lead the league in pass breakups, passes defense. So to your point about the tip passes. All right, well, good luck in your preparation this week. Thank you all, as always, for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. My pleasure. That's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, and Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson. Bears-Titans pregame at 9, kickoff at noon for the Bears and Tennessee. For head coach Matt Nagy and offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, I'm Jeff Jonagak wishing you a pleasant good evening. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Good night.